Eisen. If you're good enough to win the East, you should beat the Nets. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Durant, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kyrie. Let's go. Let's go. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Coming up, CBS Sports NFL analyst Charles Davis. NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Charles Davis is going to join us. Uh, He, just like Ian Rappaport, uh, was on in the first hour, will be with me at the NFL Network draft coverage two weeks from tonight in Las Vegas, Nevada. Same with our third hour guest, Pro Football Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. He's part of our first round coverage, and um, he'll be joining us to give us his two cents on what he sees on the quarterback front. I am sure he has already ground the tape on the top five quarterbacks who I would say would be what? They would be who? They'd be Malik Willis. They would be Kenny Pickett. They would be uh, Matt Corral. They would be Sam Howell. And they would be Desmond Ritter, correct? Those are your top five, would correct. you say? Correct. I bet correct. you those are the five who's, uh, whose tape he is grinding right now to come up with that. Desmond Ritter rising. Dude, we heard that a few weeks ago, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Visited with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. If they fell in love with the guy and they love his tape and now they love him, I don't think they're going for Baker Mayfield. They'll see if they can get this guy. Although Ian Rappaport said he thinks it's the other way around, that somebody's going to go get Baker before the draft so they'll know that they don't have to use one in the, uh, of their draft choices on a quarterback. Yeah, he'll be cheaper. Who, who will be cheaper? Baker will be cheaper. Well, for one year. Yeah. I mean, right. And, like a third and, or fourth round pick. I mean, not going to take much to go get him. And then he's on your team. And then you will most likely start him. Although he said that he thinks Baker could be one of those veteran backups for the future to be used for backup. the future. And well, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. How, you're going to bring him on and say you're our guy. You know, you go coach up this kid or go be Mr. Chips, be the teacher, or you're the veteran here, and we'll turn you if we need you. Put him in the role of, you know. What would you say? He's a Nick Foles type guy. He's Jeff a Hostetler. No, I, I, I mean, really. He's he's Hoyer. You know what I mean? Like you think he he'll, he'll be cool with that in that role, which is we'll need you if we need we'll come get you if we need you, right? So, I don't see how a team would go ahead and do something like that. But Ian uh, threw that out there, and uh, his whole entire uh, appearance can be found on our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen. She'll be one of the now 401,000 subscribers to our page. We appreciate that. My, uh, the show began with me lamenting the decision that Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw made together, which was to not go for a perfect game. Now, Ian, Met fan, along with you, TJ, pointed out Johan Santana came with the first ever no-hitter in the history of the Mets, and it turned out to ruin his career. So today's day, today's a day where Clayton Kershaw's career is not ruined, but he will never get the opportunity back to pitch a perfect game or at least have only six outs to go, I would think, even though he said maybe we'll get a chance again. That's some, uh, some wishful thinking. <laughs> well, every time you take the mound, you have a chance, but well, <laughs> not here's, a high percentage chance. That, and the problem is what I kind of tried to bring it all full circle in the beginning of the show is that baseball has become operated in such a way that I don't think he will have that opportunity most days. I don't think he will because the numbers say this and the pitch count says that and the batting average third time through the order says this and the history of him versus the second guy in the lineup who's coming up for the third time is that. And his age is this, and his pitch count is that. Did I mention pitch count? I mean, like, that's the way all those things. Now, all those things have to fall directly into place. And we as fans now know that. So when a decision is made by Roberts and Kershaw, we don't sit there and believe it's made out of an abundance of caution. Our first thought is it's made out of an overabundance of metrics. And even if it is made out of an abundance of caution, it is now part and parcel of a sport that is all about the long marathon. 
all about the long marathon just to get to the postseason in a way that they don't go for it and throw caution to the wind in every at-bat in the same way that it happens during the playoffs where every mini every at-bat is a mini game that has to be won on the spot by bringing in 100-mile-an-hour 100, 100 reliever to start a game because then you're going to get your starter as the second pitcher because you're going to be working their way here, and we don't care who's going to be starting game five. We just don't. We just need to get through game one. And every result is a walk or a strikeout or a home run because of the way it's played analytically in the field with the shift. And so when a decision like this is made, you just throw your hands up as a fan and go, what are we doing here? Fair or not? Dennis in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I will be two weeks uh, from tonight for the draft. What's up, Dennis? First of all, absolutely fantastic show. And maybe Kershaw didn't pitch a perfect game, but you're pitching one today. Your analysis has been beautiful, especially about the music. I went through the same thing with my kids. But let me tell you something. I have a similar background than you. I grew up a Met fan in Brooklyn. Love baseball. Mm-hmm. All the great moments in history have been when they pushed themselves to the limit. When Koufax pitched on two days rest and threw a shutout in the World Series. When Jack Morris pitched till his arm was falling off against Atlanta. When Pedro Martinez came in on one day rest and beat Cleveland. These are the memories that we have. And this Santana analogy is not a fair comparison. He threw 136 pitches that game. Kershaw had 80 pitchers. I mean, come on, you've got to let him go for something historic like that. That would have been a memory that would last forever. And to take that away with this analytics is why baseball has been ruined. That and steroids, we ruined the game we love because we can't even have a conversation with our kids or relatives about the past because there's no comparison when you got Bonds hitting 73 home runs. And, you know, what happened yesterday was a crime. Horrible. I couldn't agree with you more. You couldn't have said it any more perfectly and uh i appreciate it love everything about it thank you dennis and i appreciate you saying that unfortunately i've reached my word count brockman's taking me out for the rest of the show yeah unfortunately great great job get some rest we'll uh, need you down the stretch thank you yeah it's a long season it's a long year thanks april's a long month dennis thanks so much appreciate the the two cents and the kind words that's uh dennis in las vegas Knew exactly where that guy was from as soon as he started talking eric in florida (laughs) you're here on the rich eisen show what's up eric Hey, uh, well, thanks for taking my call. I've been a fan for a while. Thanks, um, sir. I have a different take on what you said about uh, uh, Baker's dog. <laughs> uh, I'm a dog lover, as you are. Um, when a dog shows his belly like that, yeah. you don't need to touch him. He's just, he's happy, he's healthy, oh, sane. Come on. He's sane. No, the um, dog wants a scratch. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you yeah, talking about? scratch him, then he's going to want more, and he's going to get. Yeah, so what? It's a dog. He's. It's begging for a scratch, and the fact that Baker's not giving him a scratch is just, you know, I think it's a red flag. It's a red flag. I disagree, but I I appreciate your opinion. But no, you leave him go and you scratch him after the interview's over. But you're absolutely right about Clayton. They should have let him go. They should have let him go the entire round. Maybe he wouldn't have done the perfect game, but we should have at least seen the opportunity to have it happen. Okay, so uh, we'll agree to disagree on one and agree on the other, and the agree to disagree is, I think the dog in Baker's uh, interview deserved a scratch, and we agree that uh, Clayton should have not been scratched. Right? That's it. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, well, there you go. There we go. Thank you so much. That's why you're host the show. Thank you, sir. Greatly appreciate it. There you go. Right here. Right here in Florida. That could have been Clayton's Billy Chapel moment. And you know who was on the call in that great movie? Vin. Vin. Is All it full done? circle. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, Vin wasn't on the call yesterday. I know, but he was probably calling it from his house. <laughs> I think oh, Vin watches I games at home and still does the call like he's on the radio. Next time we have Costner on, we pitch him. We pitch him the idea. <laughs> that Billy Chappell gets pulled. Billy Chappell gets pulled due to pitch count. <laughs> See what he says. And John C. Riley was the catcher in that movie. <laughs> That's what we, we will tell Costner. You got to remake the movie, but this time Billy gets pulled due to pitch count, and also, you know, it's what fourth time through the order. Sorry, yeah, out. Another time, we just got to bring in our one hundred. We got to bring in Nuke Lelouch, <laughs> the hard throwing kid, right? Who immediately gives up a hit. 
That was what. That's what happened too. yesterday. Alec Vesia came in and gave up a hit to Gary Sanchez. Who's terrible. That's not be his, terrible. Be his only hit he's of the not, week. He's not terrible. Gary's not known for his contact ability. Yeah, he's a 200 hitter. He's the, he's the walk, strike out, home run guy. He's also a catcher. That the Yankees can't gave catch. up. The, the Yankees <laughs> gave away, sent away, finally sent away, sent away. Uh, traded away. Um, and uh, one of the guys they have there is now Joey Gallo, who's a strike, walk out, home run guy. Right. But who's an outfielder who can catch. That's true. As opposed to the catcher who can't catch. He just makes me nervous watching him get in the batter's box. Gallo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is high risk, high, high reward. He just, he, he, he just, he's got all of these mannerisms and, and moves and ticks and yeah, whatever. Ticks. And it's just like, I get nervous. I can't watch him <laughs> get ready for an at-bat. Yeah. I just can't. But again, his at-bats, and he's supremely talented, mm-hmm. right? Wouldn't you say he's a very talented baseball player, Joey Gallo? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He is. He is what I I, I have difficulty watching, because he gets it. He gets up there, and not only forget just the mannerisms and all that. He gets in there, shift. Here comes a shift. But the, but the oh, here like comes a, a, massive, a massive shift. Oh, massive. Like shift. literally, the field tilts. Yep. Okay, towards the right side mm-hmm. when he's there, and it's just like okay, here we go. He's either going to strike out. And he's going to be really patient to get the pitch that he knows he still wants to pull anyway. Yep. And so he's going to either walk, he's going to strike out, or this is leaving the yard. <laughs> and if it's a single, it's going to be one of those that's damn near caught by the shortstop or third baseman that's stationed in right center like field. A little looper. And or I, I, you know what I mean? And it's every time. It's every. That's what it is every time. Yeah. I mean, and, and and to me, it's kind of like. But we're in the minority. Of people who it's don't not as it. watchable. Yeah. It's just not as watchable. And then last night during the game, uh, this pitch calm thing mm-hmm. that that's uh, been um, uh, created for anti stealing, but also to keep the game moving. Right? You're not going like one, two, three, four, and you're shaking it off. One, two, three, four, shaking it and off, and then finally green. Thing in boom, the- boom, 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 and then that's it. Okay, I hear it. The, the one in uh, Berrios' uh, hat, he couldn't hear it. At one point, it's first and second, and Yankees oh, are down 3 wow. nothing, and I'm like, okay, here we go. This could be one of those. I'll, I'll take the home run here out yeah. of the three results. I'll take the home run. I'll take the walk. I'll take two-thirds of what could possibly be right, right here. And so timeout, what are we calling timeout for? He can't hear it. Or it's not working. Oh, the, yeah, disconnect. And so the catcher comes running out. He's taking his hat off and he's putting it towards his right ear. And so now this is baseball where, you know, this thing is not working. And he's trying to hear it. And they're trying to test it one more time. Catcher comes out. So now they have to say, we're going back to the old-fashioned way. The signs, mm-hmm. right? So then the, the catcher then goes to his other arm where he's got, like, the play sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, where you rip it open and he's holding up the number four or three because that's the column that they're going to go for because that's the signs that they're going to drop on column three. And Barrios is holding up. Which one, which one are we doing? Two, three? Which? <laughs> so now they have to come up with the sign for which columns of signs they're going to use. And all I kept thinking is like the naked gun. Like, let's get Frank Drebin out here. Let's get him like looking for the for the nail file and the and the drill and whatever, and then clear him up, and then just okay, play ball, keep him in there. Honestly, it was just absurd. Maybe baseball is just not for us anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't go there. I still can't, can't quit it. I know. I still can't do it. You know, it does make me happy. Uh, I guess that's just a New England thing. It does make me happy to c- complain about it. Because I'm still going to watch, even though I probably shouldn't. It would make me happier to not watch. But it also makes me happy to complain and bitch and moan about I, I it. I don't know. Because it's, it's still, again, with, with Coop really getting into Little League right now, mm-hmm. it's just it, those games are fun to watch. They really are. You yeah, know, and there's and, kids and there's none of the crapola that goes along. Yeah, there's no pitch you know count. I mean? yeah. There's no, there's, we're there not. There is a pitch count. There is a pitch but, count, you know, because we're not, you know. Which is also, I mean, I'm. There's no shifts. We're not shifting. We're By not. the way, we're you, just trying to you catch should the tell ball. your manager that you should start shifting and just to see what other the parents do on the other team. Start shifting? <laughs> start shifting in Little League. Just to, just do it as a kind of a gag, like not 
being serious. Okay. Just to see what happens. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's would, just... you t- would you tell Coop to bunt? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Because maybe they would be no. shifting for him. He's a lefty. Can you imagine? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm going to put... Just get shift, up there and should swing. Should you shift in Little League? And Come on. I don't know. There should be... There, there may be some metrics. There should be some analytics here for 10, 11-year-olds. I don't know. Can you imagine? Are we going to see that the League, Little League World Series <sighs> this year? Just massive shifts. <laughs> Big Al. That's all I choose. Hit dingers. <laughs> hit dingers. I hit dingers. And then now it's going to be, hey, my name's Big Al. All I do is I, I go to right center field from third base when this lefty comes up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the third baseman. And I go to short, hey, short rover I'm, position. I'm Big Al. What I do is I'm only in there for the first to uh, go through the lineup. Then my manager comes and takes me out. I don't want to be this guy. Let's take a break. We'll be back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Charles Davis will join us here on the program. Uh, and then later on this hour, um, it, 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 I'm fascinated by the wide receiver group and what it can possibly do for which specific for a specific team or let's say five another top five list coming up about a teams that can have their fortunes changed two weeks from tonight. Charles Davis will be joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show when we come back. And I have dingers. <laughs> Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Callaway didn't just create their longest irons ever with the new Rogue ST. What they went ahead and did is made their longest irons ever perform at the highest level for every player now. Rogue ST irons come in four different offerings. All of them, though, use artificial intelligence on high-strength 450 steel, the only irons ever to do so. What it does is give you four different types of Rogue ST irons just for your style of game. The ST Max is designed for the widest range of players. The Rogue ST Pro, that's for low to mid-single-digit handicappers. The Max OS is Callaway's best game improvement model. Gives mid-to-high handicappers total forgiveness. High launch, wide soles, enhanced offset. Trust me, you could use that. There's also Max OS like their most forgiving high launch iron. It comes with wider soles, increased lofts, and a lightweight package for players with lower swing speeds. That sounds like it's for people of a certain age, to be very honest with you. (laughs) No other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons when it all comes down to it. Find your Rogue ST irons at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. Love this guy. Love working with him. And it's going to be me and him and Daniel Jeremiah and David Shaw two weeks from tonight 
one, uh, I guess, four members of the NFL Network Ocean's Eleven crew in front of the Bellagio Fountains. Here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is none other than my friend from the NFL Network and CBS Sports Excellent at the mic with Iron Eagle. Charles Davis here on the show. How are you doing, Charles? I'm wonderful, Rich. It's great hearing your voice. Can't wait. These two weeks, you know, you never want to wish your life away, but when you're going to have fun with your buds, going to get to hang with you again, and if there's any way possible we can break Andy Garcia, let's do it. Yeah, you know what? He just had a birthday the other day, so maybe we'll just... <laughs> We'll just say, hey, how about a birthday wish? Hang out with uh, me and DJ and Charles Davis and uh, David Shaw on the first night of the draft. So, uh, Is it possible for us to store our documents in your vault? Yes, of course. (laughs) That's exactly the way we put it. That's exactly the way we do it. Um, So let's get right into it, Um, sir. Aiden Hutchinson's the first name we hear two weeks from tonight, do you think? What do you think? I think Richard there and and you know doing mock drafts there is an element of how do you distinguish your mock draft from other people's and for me it's always is it plausible is it a possibility and i do that was discussing very hard those pass rushers at the top breaking that down i think it's going to come down to hutchinson or trayvon walker and i just don't think jacksonville can afford to make a mistake at the top you know, the, in recent years, their drafts at the top have not been what you would expect. You know, the, the, these number one guys not producing the way you want to. Nate Hutchinson feels about as safe as you can go right now, in addition to you think he's going to give you terrific play. So I'd be surprised if his name doesn't roll out. So where do we stand uh, right now? And that's not the royal we. I guess that's a royal you. Where Where do you stand now? on Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, you were on the concourse set. DJ and I were in the booth, and uh, Willie McGinnis was on the field at at the very moment when Thibodeau um, put on his sweatshirt uh, after running a 40 to say that he wasn't going to be working out after he told all teams that he was going to work out. His pro day, as we knew, was as dynamic as his game film uh, when he plays his hardest, because that's been the question yeah. about his game film. So I've set it all up to put the moment in your hands now. Where do you stand on Thibodeau going into the draft in two weeks? Charles? Rich, I just did an article, um, and every year I do one now. It started with guys I thought deserved a first-round grade, and I've evolved it into what I call guys I'd pound the table for. You remember how Mike Mayock used to talk about that all the time. You pound the table for this guy, or you stand on the table for him. And I put Kayvon Thibodeau in my guys I would pound the table for because it feels to me like every year there's, there's at least one player that goes through what Thibodeau's going through this year, a terrific player who has a couple of, you know, dents in, 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 in the chassis, and we come at them. And when I say we, it's about all of us in football. And for him, it happens a lot with these pass rushers. So I actually went and did a little bit of homework, Rich, because I was with you. When all that happened, you yep. remember when I chimed in and said, I did a radio show with Kayvon Thibodeau, asked him point blank. He told me, I'm going to do everything because I'm a competitor. So it was a surprise to me as well. So I went back and asked some, some, some past general managers, the people who have been involved, give me some names of great pass rushers who you had motor questions on coming into the point that actually made it to the other side and did well. And two names that consistently came up in recent vintage, Miles Garrett, and in past past uh, terrific players, Bruce Smith. So I'm betting on him maturing, doing the things. Sometimes we come at these kids really hard. I'm betting on the other side and him coming out of it. So I still don't think he gets out of the top five. And obviously, definitely not out of the top ten. So, top five, you say where? You think Detroit would take a shot on him? Do you think... Um... I, I, I think Detroit's going to kick the tires on him, but I think Detroit is going to probably go... If they don't take Hutchinson, they take Trayvon Walker. Mm-hmm. And I know that Thibodeau had a visit with Detroit, so you know they're doing due diligence on him. I think it really the bidding starts at three. Houston with Lovey Smith. That's a great spot for him. And I think the Giants are going to want a pass rusher. To me, it'd be interesting to see if the Giants want to take a tackle first, if, if one's available, or if they take the pass rusher at five, because you come right back at seven. 
He's kind of made for Broadway, and you and I both know what the Giants are about as an organization, as a fan base. They're still chanting defense, defense for Andy Robustelli. That's how the Giants are. <laughs> Charles Davis here on the Rich Eisen Show. Then we get to the New York teams, and you mentioned how the Giants would take a pass rusher, but they might want a pass protector first. In your mock draft, you have the Jets going. You know, it's Jets first. Then Giants 4-5. You have the Jets taking Iki Iquano, who we have on tomorrow's show, who I met at the draft. I mean, what a delightful kid, right? And he's also terrific at what he does. Why do you think the Jets do that, Charles, before I go with who I think the Jets should take fourth overall? Yeah, you know, and and again, that's a a two-question team. Your your squad, you know that. But I I think that Becton, Makai Becton, hasn't answered all the questions. When you're starting to talk about he's in a competition with George Fant, you know, instead of, hey, one is going to play one tackle, one's going to play the other. Contracts come into play. You're always trying to get better up front, especially with that young quarterback, Zach Wilson, that I believe they're actually sold on. You know, with, with Sam Darnold, they went for it. They kept thinking, thinking. This one, I thought they are already sold. Even though it wasn't the greatest, you know, rookie year in history, this kid really came on late. Give him more opportunities to be upright and throw the ball downfield. I do think it would it would not surprise me at all, Rich, if they paired another receiver with him. And the other part of that is, I do think the corner comes into play, oh, yeah. whether it's at four or it's the next pick. No, that's a, that's that's me four. I want sauce. Um, yeah, you want sauce at four. I want yeah, sauce at four. Sense. I want I want that look. The, the, clearly, at ten, the Jets are going to have an opportunity at a top notch receiver. Uh, I think at least one of the Ohio State receivers will be there. I think Drake yeah. London can possibly be there. Uh, Jamison Williams. Williams I, I mean, I had Nick Saban on the show just yesterday, and Nick was talking about Williams will be ready for the season in his estimation. Uh, but uh, to me, uh, I need somebody who's going to look at Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, who's going to look at um, somebody – uh, who the Jets face uh, at a top-notch wide receiver, I'll take him. Yeah. That, that's what they, they need. Whether he was ready or not, I don't know. We had Luke Fickle on, and Luke said, I didn't think he was ready the first time I put him in, and then we looked at each other saying, why did we think yeah, otherwise? Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Perfect sense to me that, you know, the Jets, because I think in my mock draft, I think I came back with Stingley at 10 for you, if I remember correctly. Maybe I'm off a little bit, but still. Players put it on display all these years in Cincinnati without a bump. Stingley, I think, is the most talented corner in the, in the deal. But the last two years have been a little, how do we say, uneven. All right? If we get 2019 Derek Stingley, I think you take him and you jump on him at four, you, you keep moving. But now with Gardner, the way that he's played and, and done it for all these years and continue to ascend, that's why he's the number one corner in this draft. All right, before I let you go, Charles Davis, um, you had Malik Willis at six for Carolina. Boy, that would be so monumental that Carolina, with their one draft choice in the first two nights of the draft, uses it on a quarterback, let alone somebody with a huge upside, but obviously not enough experience to throw in, one would think, this year. Walk me through why you think that, what you're hearing about, and your evaluation of the quarterbacks writ large. Charles. In large part, Rich, I'm kind of taking a general manager, in this case Scott Fitterer, at his word. And, and, and that doesn't mean anything this time of year, right? I mean, look, we all play liars poker, okay? And, and you should. You don't tell the world everything you know. But I thought he was someone, I thought he was being, I don't think he's being disingenuous a few weeks ago. You remember that presser, Rich, what he said at a certain point? You have to take a shot in the top ten to try and get that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you always do it. You've got to have this good education. I mean, he went to a number of things. But I thought that sentence was telling to me. And so, again, as you're doing a mock draft, an offensive tackle makes sense for them there. You know, can they help Can they help with other positions? Obviously. But I put Willis there as opposed to Kenny Pickett, who is the top-ranked quarterback in this draft for this reason. Oftentimes, when things haven't worked out the way you've wanted to, you go a little bit opposite of what you've had before. Kenny Pickett in play style is very similar to Sam Darnold. doesn't mean Kenny Pickett won't have more success than Sam Darnold, but play style, stature, very similar. Willis looks a lot like 
what Matt Rule had to deal with in college when he was at Baylor and Temple. And that's what drives coaches crazy. That extra mobility, the quarterback run game, the RPO action, all those things. So I kind of went opposite. And, and, and again, there is a little bit of element of can you distinguish your mock draft from someone else's? And that was part of it. And I'll leave it with this, Rich. I've told people this, and I will take the lie detector test. All right, I will be like at Ocean's Eleven when when he had to pass it, you know, to get through and make sure that he could he could work. And he's stepping on the on the tack all the time to make sure the answers got messed up. I will take it clean. My first four mock drafts before I submitted one, I didn't have a single quarterback in the first round. And then I realized that was just unrealistic in today's NFL. Right, I had to come back and try and find spots for people. Well, and and it, it is it is a remarkable aspect of this draft. You know, we're always focused on quarterbacks, Charles. And last year we had five in the first round. That Mayfield, where he winds up, might be uh, determined by who gets which rookie quarterback in this draft. Right? If Seattle gets Desmond Ritter, they might be less likely to go get Mayfield for this year. If uh, Carolina does get anybody sixth overall. That would probably dry up a spot for Mayfield there. If both Seattle and Carolina get one, I have no idea where Mayfield winds up. None. Zero. It's a great point. And think of this, Rich. We're going to be sitting with our buddy and colleague, David Shaw, the head coach of Stanford. Yes. Who does such a terrific job with his 10th straight year doing the draft with you. We're going to be sitting with him on opening night, and we're going to be talking about these quarterbacks. His quarterback last year, Davis Mills, remember how much fun we had when he went in the third round to Houston? Yeah. And now he's their starter? If he had stayed in school, Rich, I firmly believe we'd be talking about him at the top of this quarterback draft this year. He would be the number one quarterback off the board. Because he went in the third round last year because he had, what, 11 starts in college? I think if he had stayed, played throughout this one, we'd be talking about Davis Mills. And again, that's another place now that Houston, I don't think, is in the quarterback market. So Baker Mayfield trying to find a spot. <laughs> As you mentioned, they're drying up. The rookie quarterbacks will have to. I do think that Davis Mills coming out last year also affected this year's draft. Well, for sure. I mean, and then and, and the Texans have a, a couple of first-rounders now because guess what? The Cleveland Browns took Deshaun Watson, leaving May- Mayfield looking for a spot. It really is amazing how drafts uh, intertwine and obviously – uh, from year to year, and obviously uh, with what's going on in, in real time for an NFL season and, and part of the talent evaluation and roster building. Charles, I'll see you in Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks for the time right here. Brother. I'm looking forward to it, Rich, and I'm, I'm not going to pull the Don Cheadle, although I want to. I want to wear that Evil Knievel outfit on opening night. Why? Well, I mean, there's three days in front of the Bellagio Fountain, two nights, one day, Charles. Uh, there's many opportunities for all of us and, to do and that. At what point will we want to recreate evil jumping jumping fountain oh it wasn't a bellagio no it's a caesar's fountain fountain. that's just up the road just up the road a little bit right uh maybe i'll should i wear the carl reiner uh fisherman's hat should i wear that at some (laughs) point in time i'm liking it i'm liking it and and i will bring and i will bring the matt damon linus notes trust me you and i will be making oceans 11 references (laughs) non-stop two weeks from tonight when we start thanks for the call charles take care of yourself yeah, you do the same, Rich. Thanks for everything. The one and only Charles Davis will be hanging out uh, way too much in Las Vegas, Nevada, shortly right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Great point by Charles there about um, <clears throat> Davis Mills. Last year, I remember we, <laughs> it was Friday night and they chose the Texans. It was their first draft choice of the night as they were sitting there smoking them while they got them on that Thursday night in Cleveland and the first uh, round of Friday night in Cleveland. Because they were still paying the bills that Bill O'Brien had racked up. And um, then they draft Davis Mills. Remember that? That was when Deshaun was yeah. had already said, I'm not going back there. And his off-the-field um, choices were becoming well-known. I'm wondering if he's going to come back, when he would ever be back. And they chose Davis Mills. And he had, without a doubt, the best rookie quarterback season not named Mac Jones of any quarterback in last year's draft. He was terrific. And interestingly enough, he almost beat the Browns in Cleveland. And interestingly enough, drafted at a draft in Cleveland where Deshaun Watson now resides and Baker Mayfield is no longer employed.
Well, he's technically still employed. He's not going back there. He ain't going to be there, to use the magic phrase. So Davis made the right move coming out last year, it looks like. Right? Well, I mean, he's a starting NFL QB um, this year. I don't know if the guy, I don't know if the guy sitting to my left would um, say that. <laughs> Not him. I mean, the guy sitting to my left on draft night. Yeah. Okay. David Shaw. <laughs> David Shaw. I would think, you know, David would have liked to have had one more year with him. Clearly, but I'm just had talking a, Davis a, himself. I, I guess. What would you say? You want to make that choice? Would you rather be in year um, two in Texas, in Houston? Would you rather be in year one in where would that be? He'd probably be in Detroit, right? Don't you think? Because Jacksonville's not taking him number one this year. But what if Davis Mills was so good, this plus the bag of chips and... And coming from Stanford, you know, you'd hear all those John Elway comparisons. First overall, can Stanford guy be first overall? It, and Someone would maybe trade up, I, I don't guess, know. to number one. Go get him? Carolina. Or would you rather be where you are? One year under your belt, too. I think if you're Davis Mills, you'd rather be where you're at right now. Because exactly. also, you're going to hit free agency or, you know, you're re-up soon. Say he has a really good year this year, right? Maybe that, like, Justin Herbert kind of breakout. Like, he's going to get absolutely paid much sooner, whereas if he was the first overall pick or a first-rounder this year, that team has that fifth-year control. Plus, so, I mean, yes, I guess he made the right decision. Yeah, plus he got six hundred grand in the bank, and yeah. he's a starting NFL QB right now. Texas, and he's got a great body, great, I just, great neck. Great. I just remember, again, that <laughs> night when he was drafted, we were all like, what the hell are they doing? Now they're, they're, they got their guy with – or – the guy they believe can be their guy with a year under his belt and a lot of experience. And they don't have to be in the quarterback market this year, which is low, one would think. 844-204-RICH, number to dial your phone calls. When we come back, the wide receiver draft and how it can affect potentially your team and their fortunes. I'll hit that before hour number three and Kurt Warner joins us on the phone. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, terrestrial radio audience. All right, before you get to this wide receivers thing real quick, I do have something I want to ask you guys um, about uh, going back to baseball and, you know, you're just kind of getting tired of how it is now. 
Let me ask you something, because I bring this up, too, when I talk about this uh, specific TV show. What do you wish you never got into most? Game of Thrones or baseball? Jeez. <laughs> Just based on like the way Game of Thrones end, ended, that's you know, I wish I, I wish I never watched it. But baseball will is you not trending. Watch, will you not watch the baseball uh, pre- is trending in that direction? He, he he thinks he won't watch. You're it. not watching the prequel this I, fall I, I, on HBO. I don't want. You're out of your mind. I don't want to commit. Of course, I don't want to commit. Of course, you're going to watch it. I don't want to commit. to Absolutely going to watch it. You're 100 percent going to watch it. You can't let one season ruin. You're it, absolutely 100 percent going to watch it. It totally ruined the whole show experience. For it was me. still great, and baseball is trending in that direction. But you're still going to watch the Red Sox. You're going to watch the post. You're going to watch the uh, the postseason in baseball. And you're going to watch the prequel in <laughs> Game of Thrones. But that's because I'm. That's bet, your that's fault. I'm this gambling fall, on it. Like, this you know fall, what I mean? this fall, you will watch the prequel of Game of Thrones, and you watch the postseason of baseball. That is what you will do. But I'm not and gonna, I will, I will make like book it. on that. You say you're betting on it. If there were only odds on that and I had the ability as an NFL employee to put down my money on it, I would bet on it. I'm not going to like it. <laughs> I think you're going to like the prequel of Game of Thrones. And, and if the Red it. Sox make the postseason, you'll be incorrigible. You'll be, you'll be here talking about the Sox and Dirty Water and Sweet Caroline and all uh, that stuff. Uh, uh, but guess what? Guess what? We will be spared of that because the Red Sox are not even making the playoffs this year, even with an expanded playoffs. Put it right there. I've got an issue with ESPN. They're not, they're not that hot, that's a hot take. They're not that good. You're ESPN that good. has good the, as the Yankees. Huh? We're as good as the Yankees. I'm not saying the Yankees are making it either. Oh, okay. There you go. I'm not saying that either. By the way, ESPN has their baseball rankings right now. The New York Metropolitans at five and two, most wins in baseball, are the number eight team in this list, and I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me. That's because we all know it's going to fall apart. Well, but it hasn't yet. <laughs> okay. So let me, can Although I live I for know, now until it falls Buck. apart? <laughs> I do love the, the, the Buck and uh, Polar Bear show. It's a great show, man. By the way, we're getting hit. I mean, pitchers Stone are coming Marte. after us. Marte, Marte's a good player, oh, too. Yeah, yeah, but really that's a nice yeah. addition by the Mets. Problems. The Mets have had 10 hit by uh, pitches. Okay. Batters hit Why by are pitches the Yankees in seven? seven games. What are we doing? What are these rankings? These are bunk. Yeah, the Yankees are what, four and four? By the way, did you see? They're three and three. Three and three. Did you see which American sports franchise the Cowboys. is worth the most? Yeah, I saw that. Did today. you see? Jeez. I guess, what, what was that? Forbes came up with it? I don't know. No, what came it up was, with it. Uh, I saw Did it this you see that? Too. Please do me a favor and put that in your. Um, in your news update sure. coming up at the top of the third hour before Kurt Warner. By I can way, make a guess. The team that was close behind them. Well, let's put it all there, please. That'll be coming up in hour number three of this program. So I shouldn't search for it? No, don't search don't for it. Don't do it. it. Okay. We'll talk about it. <laughs> um, so the last three years in the draft, a wide receiver has been drafted and has changed the dynamics of the offense that has drafted him and potentially the fortunes of the team that drafted him. Three years ago, Debo Samuel was drafted into an offense that we all know had Kittle and we all know had a, a desire to run the football. But who knew that Debo Samuel would be what the San Francisco 49ers have uh, watched blossom, helped make him one of the best all-around football players? Justin Jefferson, he was taken by the Minnesota Vikings. We haven't seen them go deep in a playoff run, but boy, is he terrific and has certainly you know certainly uh shown himself to be one of the best receivers in the game and helped uh the vikings let's put it this way without justin jefferson we'd be saying why the hell they trace stefan diggs and then last year jamar chase we saw what he was able to do for the cincinnati Bengals. what if there's a fourth straight year of a receiver like that in the draft Top five teams that could absolutely have their fortunes changed if they're the ones who go and get him. Uh, I need uh, NFL Films music, please, sir. Let's hit it. Here they go. Here we go down this road. Number five on my list here for wide receiver uh, uh, to drop in the lap of this team in the draft to change their fortunes. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. Could you imagine... After acquiring Amari Cooper and then Deshaun Watson, once everything finally settles down and games start to be played, Watson comes out there and has Cooper on one end and some kid from the draft is as good as every single one of these guys that have been drafted. What if that happens? The Browns don't have a pick till 44th overall. That said, um, Debo Samuel 
in this draft that we had mentioned. Debo Samuel went deep into the second round, as we all know. Um, Potentially, um, the Browns can go get a guy like that. That's where I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. They could go from a spot, uh, a wild card, to winning the division. One never knows. So Debo went in that draft 36th overall. A.J. Brown in 2019 went 51st overall. D.K. Metcalf 64th overall. The Browns get one at 44th overall. Look out. Number four on my list, Christopher Brockman. Could you imagine if the New England Patriots, who in that 2019 draft went Nikhil Harry and did not get any of these three wide receivers we're talking about, could you imagine if New England rectifies all that and goes and gets Mac Jones, somebody like Jamar Chase, somebody who runs away from the defense, someone who pirouettes and comes up with 200-yard games? Just with just three, four catches in the offense that they run. What would happen if the New England Patriots got that guy and put him in an offense with Mac Jones in year two and we see something like that? What if it's Jamison Williams? What if something like that happens, right? Give me one of those Bama guys. No, no. We see what – I don't give you one of the Bama guys, but we saw what Tua and Waddle could do. We saw what Burrow and Chase could do. What if you give somebody that Mac Jones would know? Just putting that together. Uh, Number three on the list is what if the Baltimore Ravens go and get Lamar Jackson, a receiver like one of these guys that we're mentioning in the draft? Because, again, it's been three straight years where some kid comes off a campus and just lights it up in the league and changes the dynamic and the potential fortunes of a team that drafts him. What if Hollywood Brown, the guy that they hoped Hollywood Brown could be and could still be, never know, what if that kid goes in the Baltimore Ravens and the running attack comes back and the defense plays the way that they have been and everybody stays healthy? Ravens could go on a Super Bowl run, gents. If Jamar, if if Chase got, if Jamar got the Bengals where they were, could you imagine if Lamar gets somebody like Chase? Number two on the list, I think everyone's going to know the way this thing finishes up. Tyreek Hill's gone, folks. And that's part of the reason why I didn't even have the Chiefs as the best team in their division when I said the top five teams in the AFC. And I pissed off Stone Street and every single one of my Chiefs friends. So what if the Chiefs at the end of the first round or somehow in the second round maybe go and get somebody just as game-breaking as they got Hill deep in the draft years ago? And then you pair that person up with Kelsey and MVS and Juju. What if they don't miss a beat very much with Tyreek Hill? I understand what I'm saying when I say those words out loud. What if the Chiefs hit on a wide receiver in the same way that the Vikings did and the Bengals did and the Niners did and the Seahawks did and the Titans did? Again, A.J. Brown, as we know, when he is healthy and they can they can strike, he can change a game. He did against the Niners, actually, on Thursday Night Football this year, and we thought he wasn't going to play. Number one on the list, you can all guess it. You know it. It's the Packers. They've got two first-round picks. What if they get one for Aaron Rodgers? What if they finally hit in a first round on a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers? What if that finally happens? We all know Devontae Adams turned into what he turned into, and Devontae is gone, and we all know the Packers are going in this direction, don't we? We know it. Everybody knows it. What if they don't do it because the board doesn't fall (laughs) right? What if they don't do it, Guys, two weeks from tonight, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get a wide receiver with either one of those first two first-round picks because of the way the board falls and they had the best player available or whatever, I can't, I, you know, whatever drink he's having, I'll I'll have what he's having and then he'll have a double. They're going to go get him one. What if the Packers get one of these? What if they get themselves a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase for Aaron Rodgers? Look out, right? Look out. That would make 2022 that much more interesting. And that's the way I'm rolling. Obviously, there's so many different teams that could use one of these guys. My Jets could use one of these guys. The Bears for Justin Fields could use one of these guys. Everybody could use a game-changing wide receiver. I don't know if it would change the fortunes as significantly as it would for the five teams I just mentioned. Top five right there. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Kurt Warner coming up in hour number three on this program. Your phone calls and a news update in hour three. Did I miss any? You want to throw a couple out there, gents? 
I was thinking of Dallas, to be honest with you, but they yeah, have yeah, CeeDee yeah. Lamb. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb. You know, but, the, but they also, Gallup. you know, in the same way the Browns have Amari Cooper, I, I, you know, I'm assuming Gallup does come back healthy at some point, middle of the season, don't know. But they did lose Cedric Wilson and Amari yeah. Cooper, and what if they get one of those kids in the draft like that with CeeDee Lamb? I mean, that's why I was going to go there a little San, bit. San Francisco might need another wide out. I don't know. Ayuk is... Don't forget, Debo in year one looked terrific, and year two kind of, you know, year three was his big step. Yeah. I'm wondering if year three is that big step for Ayuk. If it's, I, I don't, I don't know. They, I, I don't know. Something was off there last year. Oh, remember? dude, tell me about it. The first yeah. half of the year, he was, he was absolutely in the doghouse. Mm-hmm. But then he started coming on strong a little bit in December, or stronger. Right. In, I mean, Indy. I we were th- I was thinking of going in that direction. Ty might he has he has a re up, but he's at the he's at the end. There's Michael Pittman that's who's there, a, who's a monster. But if they go and get somebody else, he's a monster. But we we'll, we'll need to see it. He hasn't been a monster though. No, but Indianapolis is another Pittman, good Pittman one. Good another another good uh, another good one there. Miami clearly the the there's and the Bills don't need. They're too fast. Right, yeah. they're not going to go in that direction. Denver has again. That's what we hear about Denver, and from their fans is that they've the, the horses are there from Judy to Sutton the Hamler, right? That they're there, the horses are there, and wait till you see these horses run with the with with the trigger man now being Russ. So, you know, I was thinking of I'm putting out there too. To that Denver, you know, show. I was thinking of putting out there too is the Chargers, right? You think that's what you think? Keenan's at the end, I, or I don't, I don't know. know. He's not that. He's not Keenan's the, he's not, I know, but. I was thinking about it, then 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 pulled up. Twenty nine. Keenan still the obvious one too is Philly, you know, because they're the ones who took Rager instead of Jefferson. And that video, by the way, of the (laughs) Vikings being on their internal Zoom, finding out that the Eagles left them Justin Jefferson and took Rager instead, is something that'll be very difficult for Eagles fans to swallow. They were laughing, right? Rick Spielman and, and Zimmer, neither of them are there anymore, but they ain't going to be there now. That might have been they the were laughing, right? pick ever in history when they handed that over. Hour number three. Call us. We'll have time to take your call, that's for sure. <laughs>